This is The Guardian. Today, as the Bank of England prepares to put up interest rates again, what does it mean for millions of people in Britain struggling to pay their bills? Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. It's been called a roller coaster. A meltdown. Money-saving expert Martin Lewis has called it a nightmare and son. They can't say they weren't warned. I said at the time it was a mortgage-ticking time bomb, and I'm afraid that time bomb is now exploding. One thing is clear. Britain's mortgage market is in mayhem right now, and millions of people, not just homeowners, will be feeling the impact. The impact on mortgages has a big knock-on effect for many renters. We're seeing record proportions of their disposable income going on rents at the moment that's making that unaffordable. And we, we are heading for trouble. Today, the Bank of England is expected to announce another increase in interest rates in a bid to fight inflation, which remains stubbornly high at 8.7%. Everything really is more expensive, and housing costs are set to become even more expensive still. I feel a bit trapped. I don't know in six months' time what what's going to be life like. Is it going to be cutting things to the bone? Yeah, I worry about it every morning. I wake up and just look at my son and just go, yeah, what's his future going to be like? For someone like Lewis who bought his two-bedroom flat with his wife in 2017 when interest rates were at record lows, the future is worrying. His mortgage payments are rocketing up with each interest rate rise. His budget is absolutely squeezed. And he's not alone. The whole point of putting interest rates up, let's be absolutely blunt here, you put interest rates up to remove money from the economy. You do that by giving people less disposable income. I just think we need to think very carefully. Do we really want to do that to people? Do we really want to push the economy to contract that much? In the House of Commons this week, the Prime Minister was repeatedly asked if he would be helping homeowners facing the prospect of defaulting on their mortgages or even losing their homes. So will the Prime Minister tell us how much the Tory mortgage penalty is going to cost the average homeowner? As ever, the Honourable Gentleman isn't aware of the global macroeconomic situation. So will the Bank of England's plan to bring inflation down work? And what will happen if it doesn't? From The Guardian, I'm Nashian Iqbal. Today in Focus, the big squeeze. Why the fight to bring inflation down is putting your housing costs up.
Richard Partington, you're The Guardian's economics correspondent. So you have been a busy man this week. Now, we're expecting the Bank of England to raise interest rates again today. And their justification will be the same that it has been the last 12 times they've raised rates since November 2021, which is to get inflation under control. How bad is inflation right now and why is it such a serious problem? Inflation on the latest data has remained unchanged at 8.7%, which is still amongst the highest rates in decades. There's a big fear that inflation isn't coming down anywhere near as quickly as had been hoped earlier this year when Rishi Sunak had promised that inflation could be halved in 2023. We will halve inflation this year to ease the cost of living and give people financial security. The big factors that are continuing to drive up inflation are food and drink. It's still amongst the highest rates since the late 1970s. The cost of a shopping basket rising at about 18%, which is a really eye-watering figure when this is a huge part of spending for households. You know, the big story here is that inflation is persisting at very high levels and that the Bank of England is uncomfortable with that and will be forced to intervene with a very large set of interest rate increases to come. So raising interest rates hits ordinary people with mortgages who make up about a third of all households in the UK. It makes their payments higher at a time when they're already feeling the squeeze. How does making people poorer help get inflation under control? It might sound quite counterintuitive, but the Bank of England only has one tool, and that is interest rates. And raising interest rates really works to kind of squeeze the economy hard, to bring down demand for goods and services as much as possible by putting up the cost of borrowing on people's mortgages, on loans and credit cards, or for businesses, for their own finances as well. And in doing so, that attempts to sort of bring down inflation by making goods and services harder to purchase for consumers when you have less disposable income available because more of your income is going on your mortgage servicing costs. So the theory is if more and more people are struggling to afford to buy things, eventually prices have to come down or at least stop rising so fast. But if you have people spending less and people are going out less and spending less on entertainment, isn't that also going to cause economic problems? It definitely is. I mean, it's a bit of a trade-off, really, in that we have this paradox between trying to kind of keep the economy going and keep people in work and in jobs, but at the same time bringing down inflation. And one of the reasons that inflation in the UK is particularly high and higher than in some other countries is that the economy has performed reasonably well in recent months. We have not gone into a recession as was feared only a few months ago. And as a consequence, there is still that consumer demand and inflation has remained high. But People are now talking more and more about how the Bank of England will be forced to engineer a recession in order to bring inflation down. And that raises some societal questions between what is really worse. Is it people losing their jobs, not having any money coming in, losing their homes potentially, businesses going bust, or is it high and fast rising prices? It sounds like a rock and a hard place, really. And I just wonder if, given that we've been watching inflation rise over the last year, and you know we know the cost of living is already high, you've talked about food prices, bills going through the roof, hasn't consumer spending in that period overall already gone down? So is there not an argument for the Bank of England to actually do nothing here rather than pile on more pain? 
that is definitely an argument and consumer spending has been weak since the covid pandemic it has been recovering but not anywhere near as fast as would be liked in such an environment and we have seen consumer spending starting to tail off as people face these very high increases in the price of basic essentials and food and drink and all sorts of areas so there is an argument for the bank of england to stay put to not raise interest rates any further particularly when we haven't seen the full impact of previous rate increases come through And why are those interest rate hikes coming so quickly at such speed? I mean, it doesn't seem there's been enough time for the Bank of England to see the effect of the last one, and then we get another one, and then another one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the bank has taken this action gradually, partly because inflation has continued to persist at higher levels than was really forecast earlier in the year when there was expectations for inflation to come down very, very sharply this year. However, over time, there's an increasing amount of criticism for the way in which perhaps it could have gone harder earlier with raising interest rates with the hope that it would have brought down inflation more by we have seen at this moment in time. the average rate that mortgages are being offered at right now is around 6%. And I often hear the argument from people who bought their homes in the 80s or even before that, you know, they struggled through interest rates being at 14 and 15% and that they managed and so should we. But the maths don't entirely add up here, do they? Can you tell me why? Not at all. I mean, the big difference between now and the 1980s is house prices. The other difference is incomes as well. In the early 1980s, house prices averaged around £20,000 in the UK, which is around you know, two times somebody's income. Today, house prices are around nine times a person's income. So house prices have rocketed on away while incomes have not. And the size of people's debt that they have taken on in order to buy a home is such that relatively lower interest rates versus what they used to be now have a much bigger impact on people's disposable income in that we talk about 13% interest rates in the 1990s that's probably around where we're at today like interest rates of around 4 to 6% is a similar sort of weight on the economy and people's spending power who will be hit hardest by today's rate rise how many mortgage deals for instance are expected to expire very soon There's around two and a half million mortgages that are due to come off uh, lower fixed rates between now and the next election, which is a real political time bomb for the Conservative government particularly. It's going to hit people very hard, particularly those that have got larger amounts of debt. You would immediately imagine that wealthier people have got more in terms of mortgage debt from more valuable homes. But it's really going to squeeze people who are in their 30s, 40s, who've got the bigger mortgages from the time in which house prices rocketed on away in the past decade. People got onto the housing ladder in that period are really going to be squeezed the hardest. Just over a third of of homeowners in the UK have paid off their mortgage entirely. And that's particularly so outside of big cities and in London and the South East, where there are people that manage to pay off their mortgages sooner. What kinds of rises in monthly bills are people looking at? It can be hundreds of pounds. For a whole year, the Resolution Foundation think tank estimates that around £2,900 is the increase in the amount that people will be paying on their mortgages over the course of a year with these new higher rates, which is a phenomenal amount more in terms of somebody's disposable income that you don't have to spend on other things. 
Chris, when you bought your flat six years ago, interest rates were rock bottom and borrowing was really cheap. Can you tell me what's happened since? We'd planned to have a kid, so that was the natural step from renting to, to buying. Just to have a family, that's basically why we wanted some security. Our mortgage is up this month, actually. So we went to our mortgage advisor six months before our mortgage was up um, because you've seen rates were rising. Initially, we wanted to get a fixed just to get some comfort so we know what we're paying every month. We initially asked for a five-year and our mortgage advisor said things might be a bit healthier in two years. So you, instead of being locked in for the five years, you could do two years and then see what the rate is then. During that process, he also looked at a tracker, which was better than the two-year fixed at the time. He advised us on that because he actually had a meeting with a few banks as well who were involved, and they said they didn't think that the, the base rate would go up any higher. They said that was it. The Bank of England would probably stop it. And it hasn't worked out, unfortunately. It was 1350 and then next month our, our mortgage will be 1798 So that's like £350 a month more. If the rate goes up by another 0.5%, that's another £75. So that's a lot of money for us. Richard, when you look at some sections of the press and social media, there seems to be a growing call for government to issue some kind of bailout for homeowners with unaffordable mortgages. And to me, and I say this as someone with a spiralling mortgage payment, it doesn't sound like a brilliant idea. But what could government do? And, you know, is that a serious proposition? The Chancellor, Jeremy Hunt, has been reluctant to intervene. He's saying that anything that the government might do could add to inflationary pressures. Those kind of schemes which involve injecting large amounts of cash into the economy right now would be inflationary. So much as we sympathise with the difficulties and we'll do everything we can to help people seeing their mortgage costs go up, we won't do anything that would mean we prolonged inflation. There's an old maxim that John Major, when he was Chancellor, used that if it ain't hurting, it ain't working. And that really could be applied today. I mean, it's politically unpalatable, though, particularly when the idea of raising interest rates at the Bank of England is to bring down inflation by squashing demand for goods and services and taking money out of people's pockets for spending However, the types of things they're already talking about doing is uh, holding meetings with the big high street banks and building societies to say, you need to do more to support households struggling with their fast rising mortgage costs, whether that's through mortgage relief, uh, mortgage holidays, payment holidays, that type of a thing, or whether there are other efforts that could be introduced, perhaps through the benefits system, there could be reintroduction of tax relief on mortgage payments. There are also options for increasing mortgage support for households who are most at risk and have the lowest incomes. Ed Davey, the Lib Dem leader, is talking about the introduction of a £3 billion mortgage guarantee fund that would be used to support people struggling the most with higher interest rate payments. For struggling families across Britain, a mortgage crisis, with people's monthly payments up by hundreds of pounds. Millions of families struggling to pay a conservative property penalty every single month. 
Never again can the Conservatives claim to be the party of homeowners. The demands on the government are only growing and will continue to do so, particularly as we get closer to elections. So it might make little economic sense for the government to do so, but for political purposes, it really is something that they're going to have to step into. I guess it's worth remembering that much of the current property market turmoil has been of the Conservative government's own making. We're thinking about Truss's mini-budget, about 13 years of not enough houses being built. But how do they expect to deal with the social and economic consequences once people begin defaulting on their payments, begin losing their homes? What will happen? I think the hope is that it won't be anywhere near as bad as the early 1990s recessions or the 2008 financial crisis. I mean, since that point, there have been rigorous stress testing requirements that have been put into place to try and prevent overextension of mortgage affordability for households. So you get stress tested when you apply for a mortgage so that you can pay increases in rates of up to 7%. The time when that really changes, though, is if unemployment begins to rise very sharply, because if people don't have a job, they don't have the income coming in to pay their mortgage, that's when trouble really will begin. But at the moment, unemployment is still pretty low and that people tend to prioritise their payment of the most essential items like mortgages, rents, buying food and energy. And it's that discretionary spending that will come under the most pressure. So it's, it's likely to have this slow burn but building effect on the economy but hopefully we don't see something akin to the 08 crash or the early 90s when people were massively underwater with the value of their properties being uh, significantly lower than their borrowings or not being able to afford their homes and being chucked out and repossessed by the bank. What about the Bank of England's role here? Is there any sense that those in charge have accurately assessed the country's economic situation and made the right calls. What options could Governor Andrew Bailey have been considering instead? I think it's a real difficult position that the Bank of England finds itself in, in that it's getting a lot of heat, and probably rightly so, for the increase in interest rates and inflation still being very high. So a lot of people are sort of saying, why didn't you spot this earlier? You didn't see this inflation persisting as much. However, the bank's defence is that to get interest rates up to tackle inflation would have required them acting when we were still in the throes of the COVID pandemic, when furlough scheme was still in place. When the bank started raising interest rates, remember, was in late 2021, just after the furlough scheme ended. If it had begun raising rates earlier at that point, There was a lot of people warning about very, very high unemployment. So I think they're justified in having taken a cautious approach at that moment. However, since then, we had the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine exacerbating the inflationary shock. Again, something that would have been difficult for the bank to predict. But since that point, there's been mounting questions over the bank's credibility. There's people that I've spoken to in the city who sort of say the Conservatives are really facing a political meltdown as a consequence of this high and rising interest rate environment but it's ultimately Andrew Bailey the governor of the Bank of England who could cost them the next election. Is Britain worse off than other comparable countries or are other economies being hit with a similar level of chaos? The UK is being increasingly seen as a bit of an international outlier. The inflation rate in the UK is higher than in the G7 nations, the US, Canada, France, Italy, Germany and Japan. We have one of the highest rates in Western Europe as well. There's several reasons for that. 
Some of it is because of the strength of the British economy and the jobs market. We've not had recession. Remember, Germany is in recession at this moment in time and that eurozone growth is very weak. However, we also have the question of Brexit. Brexit has had an impact on a number of different channels for why inflation is higher in the UK. Primarily, it's the amount of costs for importing and exporting goods to the UK has risen. There's been studies undertaken that show that food prices are billions of pounds higher in aggregate as a consequence of Brexit. The second way in which we're seeing higher inflation as a consequence of Brexit is due to migration. We have close to record numbers of job vacancies. We don't have enough people to fill key positions. And as a consequence, companies are having to put up wages in order to fill these positions. Well, Michael Gove has said that 25-year fixed-rate mortgages could help to solve Britain's borrowing crisis and that this is a solution that other countries adopt, you know, like the US. What do you make of that proposition? I think it's an interesting one. I think, you know, in the UK, there has been this increasing shift towards buying fixed term mortgages. I mean, we used to be a country that had uh, many more individuals on uh, variable rate mortgages. And perhaps if there was a greater level of stability over the longer term, there wouldn't be this same sort of time bomb style pressure that we're seeing at this moment in time when rates are rising very quickly. However, you know, there is perhaps a reluctance both from some consumers and from the banking industry for this type of a solution when people perhaps like the flexibility of being able to know that they can get a new rate on their mortgage in two years time or don't feel as though they're locked into a particular lender. There is some benefits, though, that you could see from having longer term rates. You wouldn't have that same volatility, but you tend to pay a higher price for having that security. So you might know that in a few years time that interest rates could come down, you could benefit from that in future by getting a cheaper deal. However, if you were to lock in the same rates for a long period of time, you might feel a bit stuck at higher prices in that changed environment. Richard, after the 2008 crash, there was this sort of artificial bringing down of the interest rate by the Bank of England down to like zero or 0.25%. And, you know, you've got a whole generation of house buyers since then who've been used to those very, very low rates. Do you think the banks did enough to warn us that these were exceptionally low rates and that they couldn't last? And did economists and experts miss this coming as well? I think that the current situation was difficult for many economists to have predicted. Given the speed with which interest rates have risen, I don't think that many would have seen that coming. And that is really the position that we find ourselves in now as to why there is such a crisis being talked about in the mortgage market and why government is being called on to intervene. However, Interest rates of around 0.1% from the Bank of England, the lowest level in its more than 300-year history, were clearly not going to last forever. Uh, So anybody taking out a mortgage at very, very low rates would have had to have an eye on the future that this was something that would not last. Coming up. What are your options if you're facing monthly mortgage payments you can't afford? Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. 
Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Today in Focus is supported by BetterHelp. Here's a question. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? Watch TV? Read a book? Meet up with a friend? Maybe a little nap? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash todayinfocus today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash todayinfocus. Lewis, you told me earlier that you're needing to find around an extra £400 a month to make your mortgage payment, which is obviously just a huge amount. How are you coping? Uh, I think, as if a lot of people in the country, there's just have to cut down on things and rough it out, basically. The shopping, obviously, we've tried to cut down a bit on that. Might have to take our son out of childcare how we're going to sell the flat, even if we get to that point. We do have savings, but obviously that's for the future and you don't want to sort of go into them. And that's for my for my son as well. Do you know, you want to give him a good future, maybe try to get him through university and stuff, so you don't want to touch those savings. So it's a pretty stressful time. What's giving you a bit of happiness? What's keeping your spirits up at the moment? Probably my son. Just playing with him, and keeping him happy. Obviously, I'm lucky I still have a job. So day to day, that keeps me going until I finish work. <laughs> keeps me busy. Getting out walking, cycling, exercising. Takes my mind off it. That's, that's all you can do, just try to take your mind off it. You, you can't really do much at the moment until you get to that point where you, you really have to do something about it and that's when the tough decisions have to happen. Richard, let's talk about options that are available because if you're someone who is coming to the end of, say, their fixed rate mortgage at 3% and is having to find a new deal at more than double that and can no longer afford their home, what advice would you give? The first advice is most definitely speak to your bank or your mortgage broker, an expert in the market who will be able to advise you on what to do. 
some of the options that are being talked about are mortgage relief, like from your lender. There might be opportunities if you have a discussion with them about not being able to repay that they could help you to alleviate some of that pressure. Other options are if you're looking to remortgage at this moment in time, you could extend the term of your mortgage. Most people will have taken out a mortgage that lasts ultimately 25 years. You could extend the length of that term to 30 years, for example, or longer, and that would bring down your monthly payments. Now, the danger in doing so is that over time, you will pay more interest on your loan. However, if you have a view that your monthly payments are what matters most, you could bring them down by extending the life of the mortgage. What about renters in this picture? Because they make up around 36% of all households in the UK. We've been talking so far about people who own their homes. But how does all this mortgage mayhem affect them? It has a big impact. First of all, through landlords who are passing on the cost of their own higher mortgages to renters. Rents are increasing at the fastest rate for more than a decade at this moment. The other is landlords selling up the properties that they feel that they can no longer afford to own. That's going to have an impact on people who might be forced to move out of their homes as a consequence. The other is affordable housing provision. For social rented accommodation, there is going to be a real challenge coming that we're yet to really see. The housing industry typically will build homes with rules that stipulate they have to build some affordable housing provision in there. Now, if the property market is falling, if there is less demand for property, the construction industry is going to cut back on its building of new homes that will affect the 20% affordable housing proportion as well as the market rates. Yeah, on the subject of affordable housing, is there an argument that actually all of this turmoil in the long term is a good thing because it will push down inflated property prices and act as a kind of corrector across the UK to make housing more affordable, as we said, in the long term and not less? What do you make of that? the big hope that we can have a moderation in house prices whilst enabling affordability for more people to get onto the housing ladder it's the, the you know if a politician could come up with a policy that fitted that it's the secret source through which much of the economy's problems would be fixed we unfortunately though are in danger of seeing house prices falling slightly but not to the point at which more people can get onto the housing ladder. Some of the reasons being for that, that mortgage costs are rising substantially at this moment in time, so it's more difficult to get onto the housing ladder. And then also average house prices are around nine times an individual's earnings. That's up from around three and a half times in the late 1990s. It would have to be a huge correction in house prices to return us to more sustainable levels. Richard, we've been hearing how painful this is for people right now. And as you say, it's not just mortgage holders, it's tenants as well. It's affecting millions of people across the country. And I guess everyone wants to know the same thing. Is there any prospect of the Bank of England base rate dropping again in the near future? I think rates are still yet to rise for quite some time yet. That's the big danger anyway. You know, we were seeing that the financial markets expecting that the Bank of England's rate hiking cycle, already its most aggressive for several decades, is due to continue. So the markets are pricing in the base rate, the bank's base rate, going from the current level of 4.5% to around 6% by the end of this year. So that's several more interest rate increases still to come. From then on out, like there are hopes that it will come back down. However, they're not coming back down 
to where they were historically. Those rates of close to zero are never coming back. Financial markets see interest rates pulling back to around 4.5%, 5% sort of a region. So getting up to 6 already you know, one of the highest rates since the 2008 crash, and then only coming back a little bit. Richard, thank you so much. Thank you. That was economics correspondent Richard Partington. You can follow his reporting as the Bank of England announces its decision on interest rates at 12pm today. Follow that live at theguardian.com. Thanks as well to Lewis for speaking to us. And that's it for today. This episode was produced by Clitzia Sala and George McDonough. Sound design is by Rudy Zagadlo and the executive producer was Phil Maynard. We'll be back again tomorrow. This is The Guardian.